Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. My name is Alec and I am your host. Um, we, uh, as you know, are a, uh, sorry, I'm going to start over with it. No problem. I got like seven emails that just, uh, got <laughs> that was perfect. Um, cool. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. My name is Alec and I am your host uh, where we talk about coffee business and everything in between. Uh, We publish new episodes every week, um, so make sure and stay tuned and uh, jump on to our podcast um, as well as subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Uh, We would love to uh, share our episodes with you on the regular uh, as we have some really exciting uh, guests on Uh, previously throughout the year, uh, as well as some exciting guests uh, lined up for the rest of the year as well. Uh, Today, we are on episode 36, and we have the opportunity to talk with Dean uh, from Ally Coffee, a good friend of ours um, and uh, and a great partner for our company. Um, So thanks for joining us, Dean. Yeah, thank you, Alec. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Uh, so uh, what we like to always ask our guests is what uh, coffee are you enjoying lately? So uh, actually, I, I just hopped in my, my car. Um, I live in Kansas City, and there's a shop down the road from my house called uh, Second Best Coffee. And um, they do a nice little twist on mocktails seasonally. Um, and so we are in summer right now. And um, this is the second year they've brought this drink back. They call it El Diablo. And uh, El Diablo is um, grapefruit LaCroix, a shot of Ethiopian espresso, uh, a natural. And so it's nice and fruity, um, along with an orange simple syrup and then some red chili flakes. And so that's what I'm enjoying. I love the, it's always fun to hear about different type of signature drinks, recipes, and and what all that looks like. Um, So it's always exciting to hear some of that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, a few years ago, I can't remember who I heard this from, but uh, a question was posed, I think, in an article that I read, you know, is is coffee uh, a beverage or an an ingredient? Um, Hmm. And the person who responded said yes. (laughs) <laughs> so that's the answer that I like as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you think about it like, uh, like a good, uh, liquor or something where, uh, it can be a base for a really great cocktail as well as it can be enjoyed, you know, on the rocks or, or neat or something as well. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting premise. Yeah. 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 And I think it comes from a, a personal philosophy that like the, the essence of coffee or the purpose of coffee is just simply to be enjoyed. Sure. Yeah, in in any form and and uh, in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. Um, so Dean is from Ally Coffee, which those outside of the coffee space, um, Ally Coffee is a, a green coffee importer uh, that we work with um, at Indie Coffee Roasters, and um, we recently uh, built the relationship with them over the last three to four months, um, developing that, but uh, they work with us to uh, source great coffee, uh, and uh, and we as a coffee roaster uh, obviously have the ability to import that coffee in uh, and then roast it for you all and then serve it. So um, the next step uh, down the line from a from barista to coffee roaster to uh, the next step would be coffee importer. Uh, and then just after that, the uh, uh, 
the farmer and, and everything from there. So, um, yeah, Dean works with them and, and, uh, we've had the opportunity to connect a little bit further. Uh, but Dean, tell us a little bit about, uh, both, uh, you know, a microcosm of your coffee journey as well as, um, Ally Coffee, what that looks like. Yeah, certainly. Um, so, uh, to start off with, with my journey first, um, I've been involved in coffee since about 2009, 2010. Um, and so I grew up in outside of, of Tampa in a, a very, very small suburb uh, town called Newport Ritchie, Florida. Um, it's nickname, if you look it up on Urban Dictionary, is Newport Nowhere. And so, <laughs> uh, I mean, really embodies what, what Newport Ritchie was like growing up. And uh, during the financial crisis back in 2007, 2008, um, my father had um, an electrical company. He's a master electrician. He had 20 plus employees. And during that time, everything just bottomed out, specifically mm. in Florida, specifically in our area. Um, and so he had to let everyone go, including myself at one point, huh. uh, which, which broke his heart. Um, yeah. but for me, I was 19... 20 at the time. And, um, I, re I really didn't enjoy the work itself. I didn't find mm. it personally rewarding. Um, and so I was like, how do I get paid to talk to people? Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I had some friends that worked at Starbucks in the area and I was like, uh, yeah, I want to work at Starbucks, you know, and there you go. Hang, hang out with people and, and make some coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, ended up getting the job and, uh, my wife and I, shortly after ended up moving to Kansas city where I currently live now. Um, my, uh, wife's family lives up here and she was missing family and, uh, I was ready for a new adventure. Mm -hmm. And so ended up transferring to, um, a Starbucks up here in Kansas city, worked there for about a year and a half. And during that time I became kind of just interested in like what coffee was and found this thing, uh, called foam art. Um, hmm. and, was just like completely overjoyed by it. And I was, mm -hmm. you know, telling, telling some older employees, like I found this thing called foam art and they're like, you mean latte art? I'm like, yeah, foam art. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, we got to do it. Like, why aren't we doing this? And you know, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, because the espresso doesn't have enough crema or, you know, the pitchers don't have the right uh, spout. And so like, mm -hmm. you can't do it. And, uh, I was, I was, uh, stubborn and, um, tenacious enough to, attempt to do it. And, uh, that was actually my catalyst into, into specialty coffee was, was latte art. Um, and so you know, during that time, um, I would go during my 10 minute breaks on the work computer and just go on YouTube and look up, you know, latte art videos. And I would, you know, just was completely obsessed, kept watching videos after videos, talked to my manager about it. And she goes, you know, I actually think this lines up with the ethos of, of, Starbucks. And so like, I would love for you to be able to like practice and try this. And so she probably let me burn through about a hundred gallons of milk, um, before I actually got the hang of it. Um, and then it just became just something that was really fun, something really special and something that I felt like was an expression of coffee, but also like cafe culture. And I felt like mm -hmm. it was this chance to kind of, uh, connect with people on a more personal level. Um, and from there, I felt like I kind of, I, I hit, um, uh, basically as much as I felt like I could learn from that store and, um, wanted to explore more, um, 
And so just started driving around the city looking for coffee shops. And I found this little coffee shop um, called Benetti's Coffee um, in Kansas City. It's no longer around, but this was the first ever specialty coffee shop that I ever visited. And um, my wife and I head in there and I was expecting, you know, maybe for us to be in there for like 10, 15 minutes or so. But we actually ended up talking uh, with the barista for about three hours. Mm. Um, and at that point, like I was, I was just completely hooked. Uh, and so I was like, how do, how do I make this a career? Um, and so that's when I started to explore the possibilities of working at, um, like some other local coffee shops and, um, for the manager for, um, a local roasting company, they were opening up a second shop and she was in the middle of a move. It was actually her first time ever in a Starbucks and she ordered a tall whole milk latte and I was jonesing for it because I knew like I could, I could really flex my latte art muscles, um, mm -hmm. with whole milk when we would typically use 2% and a lot of people use skim and it's just harder to make. And so I made a nice little heart on her drink and she was really taken aback because she wasn't expecting that from a Starbucks employee. Um, and she suggested that I go ahead and apply, um, at their new store. Went ahead and applied. I don't remember what I said in the interview. All I remember at the end of the interview was is that I told the the new manager like I really really want this job, um, hmm. and they gave they gave me a shot. Um, so from there, I worked my way up to being um, a barista trainer and sincerely enjoyed that, and then moved on to another shop um, in the area, and um, I found out that there were competitions. And so that's something that I became interested in. I competed uh, in Brewers Cup one year and finished fourth overall in the US. And the following year, they uh, opened up a US Latte Art Championship as well. I uh, did that, ended up fourth that year as well. Um, and uh, from there, I worked with another roasting company doing roasted wholesale. Um, and just working with uh, local and, and national coffee shops um, and learned about roasting, learned how to roast, learned how to profile. Um, and it was just this perpetual rabbit hole. Um, you know, every time I felt like I was, you know, reached a, a point where I felt like I've learned everything about coffee, it just continued to go and go. And about that time that piqued my interest in green coffee. Um, and uh, my wife and I had moved back to Florida at one point, and then we ended up actually moving again back to Kansas City. And uh, because it's where we wanted to raise our girls, I have three little girls now. Um, and I was in between jobs. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, and I ended up reaching out to the COO um, of Ally Coffee, Ricardo Piera. Um, and I thought about the idea of like maybe creating market access for coffee producers that didn't have any access in the U.S. Uh, and then he kind of posited a, a different question to me, you know, about working with coffee roasters and basically connecting them, connecting roasters with with producers um, in order to create demand for their coffees. And he was looking for um, a sales and account manager for someone in the Midwest. I had just moved back to Kansas City. And so it just turned out to be just like this really odd, perfect timing and like really, really great mash of, of vision and, um, and value at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so that's that's been my personal coffee story. Um, would you like me to jump into Allies? Yeah, that would be great. Just to yeah, sure. share a little bit more about Ally and and what that looks like for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so Ally Coffee is about seven years old now. It's part of a larger group that's based out of Brazil, uh, the Montesanto uh, Tavares group, and um, they are um, a, a coffee farming family in Brazil. Um, and so their vision was to basically produce specialty coffees. And within the group, there, is, there are four farms. There are three exporting companies that help farmers basically mill their coffees and then um, take it to market uh, for importers or directly to roasters. Um, and then there's also a logistics company that handles everything from uh, the exporting mill up to the port. And then Ally would be the specialty coffee leg or uh, the specialty coffee leg, as well as the importing leg. Um, and so this was birthed out of a, a vision, you know, to see better Brazilian coffees entering the U.S. market. And this came around a pivotal time for Brazil as a country as well. It was kind of seen as, you know, lower grade coffees. And there were questions about the ethics of farming in Brazil. And, uh, and uh, Ally and the group wanted to challenge those stigmas directly. Mm. Um, and so, for example, our, our personal farm, Primavera, has, has been a catalyst for uh, challenging all of those stigmas um, that I had talked about and um, creating better coffees, you know, creating better work environments for, for people um, and also like better ecology uh, for, for the land where, you know, Brazil had gained the stigma for just constant deforestation. Um, and uh, Brazilian laws caught up too, which is really interesting. So, for example, like if you have a farm, 20% of your farm has to be dedicated to agroforestry. And so that's that was really the start of, of Ally as a as a company. And then it's morphed into uh, something a, a little bit more, where you know we focus more, we focus on more than just Brazilian coffees now, but still taking the same values, ethics, and mission statement, um, for example, like with our partners in, in Colombia or, or Ethiopia or in Central America. Um, you know, and so we're, we're just looking to, to create better coffee. And what I think that really means for us is, you know, not only like what's in the cup, but also like how the coffee is produced and the quality of relationships that we have with farmers and exporters as well. Yeah, and I think I think people better understanding how important it is to, you know, if it's a priority for you as a company or or uh, as a cafe, uh, how important it is to just be informed about the whole process of uh, where your main commodity is coming from. Uh, yeah. You know, whether it be you know dairy or uh, fruits and vegetables, or for us coffee. Uh, just having a better understanding of where that comes from and, um, and how to just feel better informed about things. And, uh, we try to be as transparent as we can with our, our wholesale partners, um, to let them know where and, and what their coffee looks like. Um, but, um, I just think that that, that definitely is an important piece for really any businesses to understand, um, 
you know, understand fully where their main commodities are coming from. So, uh, they can, uh, they can better serve their customers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think overall there's this movement towards more like ethical consumption in general and, uh, and a genuine curiosity about where their products are coming from. You know, I see this with like the local food movement that's, you know, popped up in the last decade or so. Um, and definitely in coffee, there's, I think, a sincere curiosity about where their coffee is coming from, how it's being processed, and who are the people that are, are growing their coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's, you know, we we had the the trend of what is the easiest way to get something, you know, that, that yeah. seemed like the trend earlier on. And, and now we've made sort of the trend into... Uh, just being better informed about where everything is coming from. Um, and obviously that that's what opens up the the floor for for companies like us and and, yeah. and, uh, and even companies like Ally to um, to uh, better work in this in this coffee community that uh, people are interested in, you know, a, a better quality product, but one that they fully understand. Yes. So, yeah. um, which I'm definitely happy about that trend. And I think it, it definitely opens the door for a lot of um, other uh, businesses or small businesses to uh, continue to grow and, and have a platform to, to share what, what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, uh, commodities such as coffee are, are seen as more than, you know, just a, just a commodity per se, you know, but it, it's seen as, you know, uh, the product of, of, uh, you know, hardworking people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's something that we've obviously continued to grow and wrestle with as we, um, as we grow as a company, but, um, how have you guys found the, you know, coffee category? Obviously there's a wide range of, price points and things like that from a coffee perspective. But, uh, have you found that the customer base out there is starting to understand the, you know, the cost that goes into it as well as, uh, when you pay for quality, that's, that's what happens. Yeah, I think so. I think more than anything, um, like there's an intense curiosity, um, Mm. to, to understand, you know, how coffee is being produced today um, you know, and, and what it takes to actually produce a, a, a cup of coffee. Um, mm. And so uh, we see that from like the roasters point of view. And then we get a look at it uh, through, you know, like what how cafes view it and then mm. how they're positioning themselves and presenting coffee as a product. You know, is it a mm-hmm. beverage or or is it an ingredient? You know, and I think we're starting to see both of those things as well. Um, yeah. And we also see it, you know, with with growers um, at the same time, you know, where they're intensely curious and anxious to meet the market expectations that are placed upon them, mm. um, you know, and be that experimental processing and varietals or, you know, for example, just um, uh, responsible practices uh, on the farm, whether it be with with workers or with um you know, how they, how they end up treating their land Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, you know, I was, I was just in Brazil and it was, uh, we ended up picking up this lot, um, 
for this year and it's it's been phenomenal and I had a chance to visit the producer and he's a multi-generational coffee farmer and he just sincerely loves farming um and one of the most interesting aspects about him is he doesn't drink coffee (laughs) and uh you know we we ended up bringing his coffee to him you know and he's like no no I just drink tea you know is what he was telling us in Portuguese and uh you know it was I loved it I loved it because like he he is He's 100% a farmer. Like he just loves farming, um, even though he like he doesn't drink the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could see like his love for the land and and the love for the product, even if like he's not consuming it as a beverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, but and I think the the funny part too with some of the farmers is I've heard a lot of stories about that where they. Uh, maybe, maybe do drink it, but have never really had the opportunity to drink it before, uh, yeah. just because of lack of, uh, roasters or, or anything like that in the area. So I've always thought that that was interesting. Yeah, it's really, and then people become, you know, intensely curious about like what they think about their coffees, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like, how are, how are they assessing them? And then you kind of get into this, uh, this discussion of calibration, you know, mm-hmm. like what are, what are market expectations, you know, and how are buyers and producers, uh, aligning themselves on quality expectations, you know, with what they're tasting within their cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you found that more, uh, of the farmers are trying to invest a little bit more in, in tasting their product as well, uh, before they would send it off or. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, no question about it. Especially those that are more, um, techno have more technologically advanced farms. There is absolutely mm-hmm. an intense curiosity as far as like what actually resonates, uh, with, with buyers. Yeah. Um, and so we see that with like, um, the birth of the Q grading, uh, certification, mm-hmm. um, you know, over the last 10 years where, you know, it was basically made specifically for producers to calibrate to the expectations of buyers and understand like what is quality coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also see it as like this constant dialogue at the same time, uh, because the expectations that, um, not only buyers, but just consumers have on coffees, I think are always evolving. Um, Mm -hmm. and so staying up to, um, up to trend and up to market expectation, I think is, uh, intensely important for producers now more than ever. Yeah. And obviously understanding your customer base. And I think that, again, that's what that definitely translates, you know, across the board is if you're a producer or, or a wholesale, producer of anything really, uh, understanding the, the end, um, is, is really important. Um, and, uh, I think obviously the more you can understand your customers as well as the more you can educate them to why they would, why they would choose you versus someone else, I think is always, a an important avenue to, to run after. Yeah. And always, you know, and, and along that thread, you know, always asking why I think is, yeah. is also incredibly important, you know, to, to stay curious, mm-hmm. um, especially with something, something like coffee. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, every farm is going to produce, uh, different types of qualities, depending if they're separating their lots 
Um, and what's also really interesting is, you know, not every coffee is going to resonate with, with every buyer. Um, but it seems like there's always a coffee that's going to resonate with a buyer. Um, yeah. and that's something that's probably been, uh, an eye opener in, in my position, you know, is to see some buyers gravitate to specific types of coffees versus others. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, this is, they're like, yes, this is, this is what I've been looking for, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, another buyer could be like, no, absolutely not. Like, this is not what I've been looking for whatsoever, you know, but it could be another coffee that, you know, all of a sudden resonates with them. Yeah. And, and uh, again, I think that that's just that continued, you know, that's the great part about coffee is, uh, once you, once you dive in, there's such a wide open, um, you know, gamut for where you can go, even just sharing a little bit of your story, uh, just the, the wide open uh, opportunities that are available there. If, if you're willing to work hard and be passionate about it, I think that that even comes from a customer. And, you know, we see that sometimes where, uh, we hear from them that, you know, they, they never knew that coffee was so, uh, you know, there was so much to coffee, um, and, uh, and that's, uh, that's, I think just really true. And obviously, you know, there's a lot still for me to learn even, uh, on the, um, growing and farming end, which is why we're excited to continue to partner with you guys. But, um, I think that that, uh, for as much as you want to learn, it's available and out there. Um, yeah. and, uh, and that's, what's exciting, I think. So. Yeah, I agree, especially for something that's essentially just a, a fruit pit, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's literally all coffee is, Yeah. Um, but what we've done with a fruit pit honestly blows mm -hmm. my mind. Sure. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's definitely exciting. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to obviously continue to see the trends and how they continue to grow and, and obviously continue to get, uh, some really great coffee from, from you guys. And, um, and, uh, at some point we're, we're excited to, uh, to, uh, join you guys at, at origin at one point and, and, uh, really be able yeah. to see the full end of the chain and, um, and get to interact that way. So, um, but yeah, I, I really, um, uh, appreciate the insight and, and appreciate the time and, uh, opportunity we had to, uh, to have a short little chat here about, um, what uh what it looks like to to be a part of the coffee community and um i think you i think you had a lot of a lot of great things to share from a from a business end as well just yeah. how how important it is to to connect with um with as far down the process as you can with your manufacturers whether you you manage them fully, uh, you know, so whether you own that, that whole end, um, or you're partnering with another company, uh, just how important it is to be informed and, and, uh, and really understand, because then I feel like, especially in the cafe environment, uh, the more that your end user staff understands about your product, the more, uh, they'll get excited about it and, uh, and want to be on board. And, um, and that I think is, uh, is what they're, the true opportunity is there, um, to really do that with any, any, uh, wholesale client or vendor you may have, um, whether it's coffee or, or baked goods or your milk or, or whatever it is, um, uh, just important to, uh, to get as connected as you can with that. And, and I know from a vendor perspective that, 
they'd be more than happy to do that um, and uh, continue to educate and grow. So, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, it's been really fun to uh, watch you go through this process and, you know, specifically with these coffees on on how you've been roasting them and kind of like your interpretation, you know, of how these coffees should be expressed as well. And hearing how they've been resonating with uh, your your client base um, mm-hmm. is, is honestly, I mean, there's a lot of intri- intrinsic value, you know, personally for, for me mm-hmm. um, and also kind of seeing this as a as a process as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I mean, uh, a good partnership is always that give and take. And Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about that with some of our our other vendors on the podcast as well. But um, if you have a great vendor that's willing to uh, partner together, um, it can be a really great asset. It it could be some more work or or, uh, back and forth, but it definitely creates a product that's that's uh, that's much better. yeah. And, uh, and a lot less transactional than just, um, you know, ordering online or something. Yeah. And I love the idea of, um, of partnership as well. That is, that's a, a word and a phrase and a value that I've been coming back to again and again over the last few years, specifically with coffee. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and seeing it as, as something that, that can be, um, you know, added value to, to a business, mm-hmm. you know, not only for roasters, but, but also for, for producers. And I think in particular for producers, you know, if they're able to find a partner, um, you know, that, that could look, you know, something that's just beyond just one harvest at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings a lot of peace of mind. Sure. Um, yeah. And I, and that's that. Uh, that's con- continued to support and and continued uh, connection and, and engagement together is is just really important. Um, both seeing you know all companies want to continue to grow. So yeah, uh, because we believe in each other. So um, yeah, well, uh, thanks, Dean, for for being here. And it's always yeah. awesome to chat and learn more about your story and and Ally and. Um, if anybody listening would like to learn more about Ally Coffee, uh, we'll link uh, their website as well as uh, Instagram in uh, the show notes as well. You can click on that and learn some more. Uh, they've got some great resources out there. Um, and yeah, if you guys are a, uh, a cafe or, or coffee company and you'd be interested in uh, enjoying some Ally Coffee via Indie Coffee Roasters, we would love to supply that for you. Um, go ahead and shoot us an email at hello at indiecoffeeroasters.com. Uh, we'd love to connect with you guys and, and be involved in that way. Um, and as always, make sure and subscribe uh, on um, all platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we post regular episodes every week, so uh, make sure and jump in and, and listen back to some older episodes as well as uh, jump on as we've got some really great uh, episodes coming up in the uh, coming months. Um, yeah, so thanks a ton, Dean, for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Alec. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Uh, Well, thanks again, guys, so much for listening. Uh, We always appreciate the support. And uh, remember to enjoy your coffee unleashed.